Welcome to the Industry Insights Podcast. You will hear leaders discuss trends within their industry, emerging business models, and how your industry is evolving. And now, here's your host, Josephine Momberg. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of our podcast. I am very excited because we're going to talk about a topic that I believe all companies in all industries care about, at least they really should. And that is digital transformation, but not talking about it as in just technology, talking about it from a human-centric approach. And to get us all started, I'm going to actually give you all a quote from a book that you probably wouldn't think that I'd recite. And here goes the quote, my dear, here we must run as fast as we can just to stay in place. And if you wish to go anywhere, you must run twice as fast as that. And it is from Alice in Wonderland. And the reason that I, that I bring up this quote is because the guest of today actually thinks that this quote accurately defines digital transformation. And the guest is Jia Ti Wen. He is the head of customer service at Siemens in healthcare in Vietnam. And formerly he was the head of operational excellence in digital industries also in Siemens. So a super exciting guest. So first of all, T, thank you so much for joining the podcast. Thanks for having me, Josie. I am, uh, I'm really intrigued. So let's start off by, can you tell us just a little bit more about yourself and what you do and uh, just to, so our listeners can get to know you? Yes, so I've been with uh, Siemens for now uh, 18 years and predominantly I've been working in uh, industry. And I had just recently moved to Vietnam uh, two months ago. But uh, to sum it up in very uh, short ways, so 18 years of the company uh, worked in IT, then finance, then sales and driving digital transformation topics. And since two months, I'm heading the customer service organization for Siemens Healthcare. It's uh, very exciting to be here. And uh, thanks for mentioning the quote, because this is really what I believe digital transformation is all about. Yeah. And we'll talk, we'll talk more about that and more about the quote as well. But so where did you move to Vietnam from? Actually, I was in uh, Germany uh, before I moved to Vietnam. Uh, small disclosure. I, it's actually my second trip now to Vietnam. I've been working in Vietnam from 2005 to 2008 already as the CIO of uh, Siemens Vietnam. And also at that time, by the way, I implemented SAP in Vietnam. So that was, uh, yeah, good 15 years ago. Yeah. So you're also very familiar with SAP and work closely um, with us as well. So that's that's great. So let's talk more about digital transformation because it's, it's obviously something that we talk about all the time. And I think especially right now, during this time of COVID where we've just seen how crucial digital transformation is for businesses as everything moves to the digital world for, for most, I would say almost all industries. So what, how do you, you, I brought up the quote earlier, you know, about running fast and not staying in one place. Why does that quote define digital transformation in your world? I think you already even gave uh, one part of the answer that yes it's true we talk a lot about digital transformation and i think it's uh, it's important that we do talk about it but actually i think also it's much more important that we do something and uh, so that is uh, one aspect and i think the quote really 
clearly defines it so well, because in my personal opinion, digital transformation is not really so much focused on the impact of change. You know, many people think like, oh, everything is going to be different. But I think all our lives, everything has always been very different. I think the difference now in the social phenomenon is the rate of change. So therefore, if you are, if you want to get anywhere, you really have to be moving. And that is really what Lewis Carroll depicted so well, because it is a wonderland and it is, whether it's a, it's a good experience or a, a horrible experience, it really is up to you and we have to keep moving fast. Mm. So would you say that companies today aren't moving fast enough or what should they, because you've also worked with a lot of companies in actually helping them on this digital transformation journey. So what's your, what do you tell customers? How do you approach uh, the digital transformation? Well, I think uh, to answer your question, whether companies are moving fast enough or not, it's it's very easy and subjectively to say, you know, uh, you should focus more on this or that. But I think uh, the, the question before that is, uh, are they moving or are they being moved? And I think especially during Corona times, we have seen that a lot of companies needed to wake up, but even that they are now awake, they are still not uh, having the necessary actions to really move forward, but they are actually being moved. So they are more or less, let's say, for the lack of a better word, uh, becoming victims of what's uh, happening around. And to throw in another uh, quote from a dear friend, even changing from worse to better is a hard thing. And I think really we need to understand that change itself is always a hard thing, even if we're in the worst place. And I think that is really, really exciting uh, to, to know and uh, appreciate. Mm, yeah, that is similarly true. Change is something that can be scary to I think also people, right, that work in companies because you're used to a certain way of doing things and then suddenly you have to change the way you do things and that creates a lot of uncertainty. But how do you approach how would you approach digital transformation? How do you talk to both internally in, in Siemens, but also externally about how you move fast enough in today's world? Actually, I think my personal take on digital transformation is not that, that different or that creative, but it does really focus much more on, on the human. And, you know, like, we are always very much accustomed to hear that humans are our greatest assets and all of these things. Uh, but when I hear a lot of other people talk about digital transformation, I hear a lot about technologies. You know, I hear about uh, artificial intelligence. I hear about the blockchain. I hear about use cases and all of these things. But I think that actually digital transformation is in its pure sense, just the focus on the human abilities to really use technology to spur those human abilities like compassion, empathy, uh, values, uh, ethics. So because these things, uh, humans are always better than any machine in the past, in the present and in the future. So for me, digital transformation is really focusing on our most, let's say, core basic uh, uh, traits, which make us human. So you're, you're essentially saying, if you look at technology, because there's that's another topic for discussion, right? Which is about robots and that they can take over all of our jobs and replace humans. But what you're saying is that we have the unique skills that can never be replaced by machines. And if we focus more on that, we can enable a more 
successful digital transformation. But how, how did the two actually, or how do you find out, you're, you have a lot of employees at, at a company, how do you find out what those unique skills are and how do you then lever leverage them? Maybe if I can use uh, and paraphrase the quote of Picasso, you know, like everyone is actually an artist. Every child is an artist. Uh, the tough part is only uh, staying an artist when you're becoming an adult. So I don't have to focus actually, to be quite honest, on, on human compassion or, or a creativity or empathy, because I truly believe that all humans have it. But I think along the line, in life with external uh, circumstances or with stress or the fast pace in the business world, uh, we tend to lose our focus on that. And then we talk about technology. And uh, just to uh, introduce maybe a side topic here, but I think that technology is also a very human thing. You know, if I talk to my 10-year-old daughter and ask her what is technology, uh, then probably she tells me about her iPad or something like that. But at the same time, a pen is technology. Uh, our written word in the books, that's also technology because technology is created by humans and technology is there to serve humans, you know? So therefore a, a lot of it is also really in the language. We think of technology as something inhumane, but I don't believe that, you know, because I'm also a, a, an absolute nerd, you know, I love technology. Mm -hmm. I love to learn things by myself, but I only do that because I want to enforce what humans do best, which, as I mentioned, for example, is the creativity, you know, like, so for example, my iPad with the pen and everything is really helping me to develop my creativity. And that's basically what I try to say. In our company, we also use different technologies, whether it's to communicate via a different uh, video conferencing tools. And we also have now tools to share whiteboards and things like that, which we didn't used to have. But we don't do it for the technology itself, but we do that in order to spur what we have already and we want to scale it to make it more shareable and uh, yeah and learn from each other mm. so it's about looking at the human before the technology and then using technology to to really enhance the human skills in order to complete um a task or whatever project that you're you're working on essentially um so when you work with um, with customers today, and when you work in, internally also in Siemens, we we talked before this um, this interview, and you told me about something called digital champions, and how in any business there are digital champions, and they can really move the needle for the entire company, which I think again is also linked to digital transformation and how you enable that. So, can you talk a little bit more about? digital champions and what you mean when you uh, when you talk about those type of people and businesses and companies. Yes. And I also have to admit, you know, I, I use this term uh, also in a, let's say, uh, a guilty way. You know, it would be like the same, like if I do a posting on LinkedIn to say, can we please stop talking about Corona and then I mm. hashtag Corona, right? <laughs> so when I talk about digital champions, obviously I just mean humans, I mean champions period. Yeah. But I think, you know, it has a sense of framing them in a different kind of context compared to when I just started in Siemens some 18 years ago, because times have really changed and the context is a different one. So when I talk about nowadays about these digital champions, I really mean people who have uh, a different kind of affinity mm -hmm. on applying technology 
for on a, on a much more scaled uh, uh, range. So when when they approach data, they don't think in a political way what kind of impact could it be, but they have let's say a, a, a affinity to technology and sense somehow you know like an itch I guess in their fingers to say wow that's something really cool we can change the world with that yeah so they're much bolder in terms of how to approach things you know they maybe they're not so structured and pragmatic but on the other hand they really think uh, also like to to just uh, feed another buzzword they really think in platforms and ecosystems you know they don't really focus so much on the hierarchies yeah and uh, that has nothing to do really with age you know like some people say oh t are you focusing on a certain generation is it x y z or even alpha or whatever no it's not actually about age it's true probably statistically you would find more digital champions in one or the other uh, millennium uh, millennial uh, slice but i think it's not really so much with age you know i've also uh, worked with uh, people who are just before uh, for retirement who are also digital champions as well so i think it's really uh, what what they share is they really want to share their insights their findings based on technology and they want to scale it so that everyone can join in on the party here right so it's about a mindset a specific mindset that Absolutely. enables them to run faster and create real change, which we spoke about earlier is what a lot of people tend to be a little bit afraid of. So how do you create, can you create these digital champions? Or is it something that mm. you hire people and then they either they are or they're not? I think that's actually not such a exclusive question in terms of uh, yes or no. But it's also would be too simple to just say it depends. So let's let's uh, take an example that I think there are certain intrinsic mindset values which need to be there, which I can't just create. On the other hand, uh, sometimes you also just need to develop something which already is there. So certain behaviors might have a positive connotation some maybe not but if you think about somebody who is very chaotic it doesn't sound so great but if you say he's very creative or oh, it sounds great and i think uh, uh we need to really talk about something what maybe peter schumpeter would call the creative destruction and it works for some people so they have to be open to change so if people are really not if they're really resistant to change then there is really no way of me trying to convince them or, or try to depolarize them into a different direction uh, but on the other hand i think uh, everyone by nature is actually open to change but maybe just along the line with let's say conditioning of the mm -hmm. corporate environment or in the work setting they have become a little bit more resistant to change yeah right because there's a lot of hierarchy a lot of politics or there can be a lot of politics in big businesses do you consider yourself a digital champion um i definitely would wish to be considered a digital champion i think uh, this uh, is much more and i'm not talking about the semantics here but i think it's much more important whether other people would see uh, that i'm a digital champion or not um i definitely would love to try to be one uh, but not for myself but really for others uh, because I do see 
a lot of value or, or much more value when I can share things rather than I achieve things myself. Because for me, there's really no, no uh, jealousy if I actually see somebody who learned from me and who's actually surpassing me in, uh, in many things. Because I think my skill set is not really about having a, a superpower, but my skill set is much more about trying to find out what the superpowers of other people are. I totally 100% agree. And I also think that's how you accelerate the specific culture and how you actually you know, create more of something great. Because if one person is good at something and that person finds what others are good at, that creates a better company in general, right? Because people also want to leverage and max out on their core abilities. So you've done a lot of, again, change for, um, I think for, for customers who are working internally in Siemens, but very few people, right? Can you talk a little bit about kind of how you've approached that and what you've done in, in a team of maybe, I think you just worked with two other people and create a big change, right? Yes. In my previous job as the head of operational excellence in Siemens Digital Industries, you know, we really were driving global uh, topics. And I think uh, it would be a little bit of an over-dramatization to say with only two people. Yeah. But with only two people, we really started that kind of revolution, that kind of mindset change. And it's basically like, a, a, for the lack of a better word, it's like really we infected people and spread that new mindset, that new kind of thinking, not because we are so great influencer, but by basically not knowing what is possible, we just did it. What people considered impossible and everything actually in our world used to be impossible until the day something was made possible. And, and uh, the two uh, people I've worked with, they have been going through corporate hell, let's put it this way. <laughs> and they merely didn't want other people to make that same experience as we did. So for me, the greatest pleasure in, in, in giving value to a company, to, to, to people who have not been with Siemens like 18 years, you know, that's a lifetime, that's a whole adulthood, is that they don't need to experience all the bad things to make that kind of learning after 18 years. But I want to give it for them for free, you know, like in, in, in two, three months or in a workshop of two days. And I think this is really what the whole sharing culture is about. And that is also how the team has worked, because it's also true. When you share things, you have actually an opportunity to learn it again for yourself. So you can't really teach anyone something if you haven't really understood it yourself. That is so and to make and, and to make something really understandable in a thousand different kind of ways is also a very exhilarating experience. And to really see how we were moving through all the different regional companies in the Siemens uh, corporate world, we saw that there was really this necessity of, let's say it, somebody leading, but at the same time also having the courage to follow. And uh, this is also, also what I always talk about leadership is, and this is what digital champions usually exhibit as a trait, is they're not really much focused on function and, and management positions, but they're really leaders in any kind of function or position or level in the hierarchy. Right. Can you give us a, a, 
I love everything you're saying. I completely agree. I do believe that I perhaps also exhibit some of the traits you're talking about. To your point, you want others to say it, not yourself. But can you give a tangible example of how you made this happen with your team? Well, I don't know whether I can say or take the credit that I made it happen, but let's say I allowed an environment where these things can happen. So uh, one of uh, um, the situation I always remember was we were in a workshop in the country and actually the uh, executive management on the country level was uh, participating. And uh, they were asking a question and uh, we were very much into uh, the details. Uh, the question, it was actually an SAP related topic, you know, talking about uh, EDI, IDOCs. <laughs> <laughs> and my, my, my teammate, she said, we are here to help your organization. So please, could you leave? Because we don't have the time to spend explaining something which everyone in the room knows, but no one dares to actually say it back because you are the big boss here, right? Mm. So it was not actually meant in any rude environment, but basically we had this environment where we allowed this, let's say, a straight up talk and the management actually really appreciated uh, that kind of reaction because it really truly meant that, yes, we are much focused on the content bottom up. And therefore we are driving things forward mm. because it's not really in, in, in the interest of management to actually understand all the details either. Right. Mm. So, so that's why I think that's also a problem in, in this phenomenon. If you go back to the challenge of digital transformation, I don't understand why, why a lot of, let's call it, uh, executive positions, they need to understand their choices between, I don't know, Alteryx and Nine, or talking about uh, blockchains or neural networks. I don't know whether it's really necessary to really go into this deep level. And some of them actually say, well, if I don't understand it, I can't decide on it. But that's actually just a different way of saying, well, I don't trust my own organization. Right. You know? Yeah, and you would expect that when you hire someone, you hire them because they are better at that job than, than you are. Absolutely. That should at least be the way that businesses or companies should hire. And you've now, so you've moved from, from operational excellence in digital industries, and now you are running customer service in Siemens Healthcare in Vietnam. Why did you make that move? Well, it was just uh, as a chance of uh, fate, you know, it's, it would be easy to say, well, due to my Vietnamese background and I was really ready to, to go back, but it's actually much more the, the job and the environment, which really enticed me to, to do a basically a second trip to Vietnam for Siemens. The, the fact is that I think there's really nothing uh, more thankful to be working in service, generally speaking. And for me, also healthcare is extremely, extremely interesting, not only due to the growth or to the, to the challenges we have in terms of humankind. But the thing is, whatever I do, it doesn't really matter what, whatever I do at the end of the chain of my work, there's a person's well-being on the line. So my customers are hospitals and, and care providers and their customers are people, people like you, like me or like in my special case, 
my wife who actually had a quite serious accident uh, last year. And that was actually really like a, a wake up uh, call for me to actually say, how would I feel if I go to the ICU of a hospital, I find a, a very uh, ingenious piece of technology there, but it would actually not work that night when it was needed the most due to bad maintenance or service. And so for me, it is really something where I know that uh, I give give it my all in every day to really give the best uh, service to my customers so that they can give the best service to their customers, which is really the best inpatient experience. And that's why for me, even during COVID times, it was a, a very, let's say, also personal and emotional uh, decision to actually move to Vietnam. And now we, and now you take it back again to bringing the human in the center of it all, right? And you even talk about human compassion and how you must love not just your customer, but your customer's customers as well. And how does do all of these thoughts and especially related to healthcare, how do you see technology evolving along with, with human? Do you see humans becoming the center of everything. I know that that's probably what you would, would want to happen, but how do you see kind of digital transformation evolving in the future? I mean, the thing is that, uh, I, I, again, I don't think it's really so binary in, in, in that sense. So of course, in healthcare technology uh, has a much more increasing, well, actually not technology, but let's say the whole digitalization aspect has of course an increasing impact uh, in our uh, area of work, you know, whether it's uh, the digital twin, you know, of a patient care, whether it's using um, machine learning uh, algorithms to really understand uh, what diagnosis a, a neural network can give in comparison to maybe even the 10,000 best doctors in the world. So yes, uh, the, the whole topic of digitalization and the technology is also uh, extremely important. But uh, maybe if I would just uh, to sum it up in a, in, a, in a slogan, which we actually used a couple of years ago, I think that um, without humans, we are just a technology company. Mm. And I think we are not, and we don't want to be. And uh, this is also what I always say, you know, uh, Siemens, our, our slogan is not innovation for business. You know, it's not it's actually ingenuity for life. And I think this is something which we are really trying to strive for, that we really have a responsibility on the betterment of a society. And whether we do this in, in, in infrastructure, energy, in industry, or like now, as I have chosen in, in healthcare, because whatever we do at the end of the line, there is a human. And as I mentioned to you, you know, in my particular personal case, it was my wife, you know, and and uh, yes, uh, when we were in the ICU, there was actually a Siemens uh, equipment. Mm. And yes, it was working at that <laughs> one moment. And uh, you cannot even imagine how I felt that I'm leading now an organization of 60, 70 people. And there is that one service engineer who made actually sure without knowing who I am or that I would become his future boss, that he basically made sure that his boss's wife would get the best machine at the highest confidence. So we knew 
everything will be right at that one night when the accident happened. Right. That's amazing. I think that also helps to give a lot of purpose to people in their jobs. Because that's also something I think, and maybe even more so the younger generation, they're looking for is purpose. But when you think about it, the way that you think about it and you look at the solutions and how they impact people, that also helps to give you more purpose in your role. So I, I think that's a that's a really good way of looking at your job, but also the, the role that technology plays in all of it. To you, is such a pleasure having you on the podcast. Thank you for turning the conversation around and any final words for all of our listeners? Well, I think in terms of uh, uh, finality, <laughs> um, I guess uh, every time uh, when you're at the, uh, the final line, it's just another starting line in disguise. So I guess it's really uh, much more about the journey than the destination and much more about becoming than being. Mm, yeah, I couldn't agree more. And to all of those who listened to this episode, thank you so much for listening in. Hopefully I will see you on the next episode. Bye everyone. And thank you again, team. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you for listening. Subscribe to our channel on OpenSAP, Google Podcast, and Spotify. For more information, check out sap.com.